Welcome to CRE Success, the podcast, where we help people working in commercial real estate achieve their professional goals. Check us out online at CREsuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now here's your host, Darren Krakowiak. Hello and welcome to episode two of CRE Success, the podcast. It's so great to have you with us. If you work in commercial real estate and you want to achieve success more quickly, you are definitely in the right place. On today's episode, we're going to be speaking to Brad Krauskopf. He's the founder and CEO of Hub Australia. Now, the role of flexible workspace providers in the future of work is a very timely one. So I'm looking forward to sharing this interview with you. Brad and I will be discussing leadership, how he thinks the CRE industry can better serve its clients. And I ask him about the most important advice that he could give to an aspiring founder. Before we get on to that interview, I wanted to quickly invite you to contact us with any topics you would like us to cover on the podcast. I do try to share information on LinkedIn and YouTube, which is helpful to people working in our industry. So if you have a particular question that you'd like me to tackle here on this podcast, just send me an email, darren at cresuccess.co, or you can visit our website and fill in the contact us form at the bottom of the homepage. Our website is cresuccess.co. Contact us and I look forward to answering your questions. We'll be back in 30 seconds to speak to Brad Krauskopf, the founder and CEO of Hub Australia, right here on CRE Success, the podcast. Your workplace is a place for collaboration, for communication and inspiration. As experts in workplace, Unispace knows that no two businesses are the same and the journey to creating your best and most productive space starts with you. Unispace's in-house strategy team provides workplace assessments. They use data to ensure your space is designed to enable maximum productivity and is a place your staff want to be, not just have to be. Visit unispace.com to reinvigorate your workplace. And now it's time for the interview on CRE Success, the podcast. Brad, welcome to CRE Success, the podcast. Great to be here. Thank you for the invite. The first thing that we ask all our guests to do is to step into the elevator and to give us their elevator pitch so we can know who you are. So Brad, step into the elevator and tell us who you are. I'm Brad Kraskop. I'm the CEO and founder of uh, Hub Australia. We're a premium workspace provider in Australia. We've got hospitality-inspired workspaces for companies across the country that ultimately help them attract and retain staff by giving them a workspace they love coming into each day. Awesome. So when did you start Hub Australia? Back in uh, uh, 2010, actually. We opened our first location in, in March of 2011, but we were running around building up the community prior. Okay, so what led you to uh, to start this business? So I was actually living and studying in um, Madrid during 2008, 2009, which um, was the GFC, when the GFC happened. That was actually one of the first big kickers for co-working around the world, where everybody suddenly started working from home, i.e. they'd lost their jobs and they joined the freelance economy. And very quickly, they realised a lot of the limitations of that, of which the, the key one was, was social isolation and loneliness which is somewhat uh you know 10 10 years on we're now living in an even more extreme example of that but yeah so co-working uh was really kicking off there and when i was in madrid i came across a group and helped them get together a co-working community over there excellent so co-working i think a lot of people perhaps didn't become familiar with the concept until maybe four or five years ago, but it's something that's actually been going on for for a lot longer than that. Yeah, it has. And I I guess, you know, many people do still look at co-working and think of a big open 
planned space. But you know, in, in all reality, most co-working organisations cater to 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 established businesses. You know, there can be teams of anything from you know a couple of people all the way up to a, a hundred people in in a private office is quite common. But co-working really refers to the way that the operator goes about operating that space with a focus on connection, on learning, on, on, on helping those businesses to grow, rather than, for instance, the serviced office model, which was very focused on, for instance, the reception or administration uh, services um, provided as the, as the amenity over and above the desk. And then, of course, flexible space tries to encapsulate both of those streams, if you like. So what do you prefer to call your business, Hub Australia? A, a, a co-working business but i see that morphing into it'll be generally referred to as the flexible as flexible workspaces um and then businesses will um select the space that works for them and matches their culture and organization okay so what makes hub australia different to other co-working providers or more broadly other flexible space providers yeah sure thing so we've uh we've said about um putting ourselves at at the premium end, we, we quickly realised that, um, you know, competing in the mid-tier market with the really big uh, international providers was not go- was always going to be a, a, a difficult proposition. Several years ago, we started focusing on established on a growing businesses, and in particular, um, how can we create a workspace that their, that their teams really love? Um, so to that end, we've, we've invested a lot in the spaces, in the health and wellness of those spaces, and then we've wrapped around a, a, a hospitality offering and a, and a way of looking at things where we know that each day we need to provide an experience for the people that come into that workspace. Um, and that's been our, our, our focus. So whether that's on the customer service side of things, on, on having the cafes and, 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 and the different amenities such as you know, media spaces, and, and, and fitness spaces and wellness spaces, we found that packaging all that together has meant that businesses are able to choose to be at Hub because it helps grow their business rather than it being you know, a, a, a desk or a, or a short-term solution. Okay, so some of those extra services that you talked about in terms of exercise or barista, how has that evolved over the last 10 years? What are people looking for now that perhaps they weren't looking for a few years ago? <sighs> Oh, look, look, people definitely got a lot more sophisticated. You know, like what was acceptable even a few years ago is, is, is simply not what's considered a good professional flexible workspace offering these days. Um, but more and more we've found that people want a really good attention to the technology, the acoustics, the and the service levels that they get. You know, when people sign up, you know, they're not just looking for, for for somewhere for their team every day. They're looking for um, somewhere that they're really happy to invite their customers, their investors, um, and their and their and their teams to. We've found that the service level expected and the level of amenity expected continues to go up. But people are happy to pay for that because they know that that ultimately this is going towards helping them um, attract and retain the best talent. So you mentioned before about when some of the bigger players started to come into the market and that perhaps led to, no, you didn't say commoditization, but certainly it meant that your position as a higher end provider was a bit of a differentiator, which, which helped you to continue to grow your business. I'm just curious, when some of those larger providers started to come into the market, was that 
more competition for you or did that help increase awareness or what was the impact for your business? Yeah, look, in, in fairness to those larger operators, the main impact there that we had was that it really grew the market. You know, Hub Australia, look, you know, several years back, we were a very small business. You know, we've grown um, considerably since then. But, you know, it was always hard to cut through and, and and get past that blank stare of what is co-working and, and also shake that perception that it was, you know, that it was just for freelancers and startups, whereas, you know, most of the business comes from established and, and growing organisations. Um, and indeed, in recent years, a, a lot of corporate customers as well. So we, we found that the... It really grew the market, uh, but then what it did was it really put a, a, a need for any operator to get a really clear understanding of who their customer was and what their offering was. So can you tell me a little bit about your role as CEO and founder of Hub Australia? I'm fortunate these days that there really is a, a team that I'm working with each day that's leading the organisation. So you know, you know, back in the early days, it was it was everything from marketing to finance to to to, to, to operations. But now there's a you know there's a team in place that, that 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 I work with on those decisions. What I find these days is my focus is more on uh, strategy, looking for opportunities, but then also making sure that you know I spend more time recognizing the importance of the of, of building the culture and and the team and my role in that and in terms of the culture of the team, do you find that you're trying to find the right people who can help you build that culture? Or are you already set what the culture is and then people come in that need to fit into the culture that you have already created? Yeah, look, it's, it's the latter by now. Look, I, I've, I stumbled along this for many, many years. Like, you know, the, we're all, it'll be our 10th birthday next year. It, it, it took us six, seven years to figure that out. Um, where you know, we finally figured out the customer that we could service really well and 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 profitably, as well as the kind of culture that we needed to to a make the customer happy, but also have the team happy. And I, when we moved more to that premium and with a focus on, on on staff retention and attraction for our for our customers, we realised that if we doubled down on our commitment to to the hub team and creating a great place to work for them then you know it wasn't a big leap to see that they would then create um, in turn a, a great place to work for all of our all of our members and customers um, so recognizing that if we invest in the team um, we know ultimately that that, that that's going to be a, a, a good investment in in building out our, our, our customers and, and getting their loyalty and I guess that also helps with the the type of thought leadership that you do in the marketplace talking about building a culture and it's also building the culture that that you've seen in your team which then gets emulated throughout the whole of the Hub Australia community. It, it does. Like we, we, we loved um, seeing our members, you know, and their success. And, and you know, it, it, the, our team essentially becomes part of their team, you know, given that they share, um, you know, we all share the amenities and the, the, you know, the community that each of the hubs is, uh, each of the hubs are. So if you had to pick out your favourite thing about your current role, what would it be? Oh wow! Um, look, be, being a part of the being part of a team, like, that's pretty pretty great. Uh, you know, it's I, 
often we end up you're part of lots of teams and stuff when you're you're back at school but um you know it, it it's only every so often that you in your in your corporate career where you get to say wow you know this, this is this is this is great being a part of a, a team it's 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 a it's a good feeling yeah awesome and of course i get i guess there must be a lot of intrinsic satisfaction that being the team that you have also seen grow and build together yeah, it is. Look, I kind of think sometimes you never give yourself time to time to pause and think about that. And I, I guess in some senses, in business these days, like you never can just sit back. Like, and one thing I have learned about teams, if you know, if you let your guard down or think, oh, okay, cool, culture done, set, let's move on, it'll backfire on you very quickly. Um, so, so, you know, yes, it, 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 it's great being a part of it, but I, I also do recognize that particularly on the team front, um, you know, we'll never be finished. So what would be the hardest thing then? If, if team's the best thing, what's the, the hardest thing in the role? It's balance, particularly like bringing this to, 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 to commercial real estate. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a big thing that we got here, you know, like what the customer wants with, you know, flexibility experiences for their team. Um, and then right across to, you know, traditional long-term leases and existing offices that, or and indeed new offices that cost a huge amount of money to, uh, to build and to finance. And then somewhere in the middle of all of that, we've got to try and come up with solutions that are actually about the, the people that use them, you know, being the businesses and the teams, not about the people that, um, that fund them. Um, you know, we've got to find, you, you've, you've got to get the business model that it's worthwhile people funding and building and, and, and owning those assets. But, you know, more and more, we're also seeing here that, um, you know, if we don't keep the end user in mind, then at some point or another, people will come up with a, bit, a, be, a better solution. And, you know, in, in some respects, that's, um, you know, that, that, that's exactly what, uh, you know, WeWork was able to commoditize there, where they recognized that there was a really big gap between, um, you know, between what um, businesses needed and, and what they were getting from their real estate. Now, of course, you know, the, the execution hasn't panned out for WeWork there, but, the, you know, there's many other good operators around that, um, that and, and, you know, WeWork will, will still see if they get a second act as well. Um, so, so, you know, there is opportunity there. And, you know, this was always demand-driven. The, you know, flexible workspace wasn't, wasn't pushed upon to everybody. Um, it was a gap where, you know, the, the new workforce was, was kicking and screaming for a better way to work. And flexible office was a way of bridging what landlords had, which was the workspace, and what the customers needed. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, particularly off the back of COVID-19, you know, more and more um, companies are going to be wanting flexibility. So how commercial real estate as a whole reacts to that urgent need for flexibility is going to be something where the, the operators that are around at the moment are going to play a, a very important uh, piece of that puzzle. Let's, let's talk a bit more about commercial real estate then, because you touched on it there. You've got a, a national successful business that's very relevant to the commercial real estate sector, which is where this podcast is focused on. So based on your dealings with agents and property managers and, and fit-out companies, what's one thing that you think that we as an industry, the commercial real estate sector, need to do to improve our service to clients, but also improve our operation as an industry? 
Look, um, I think it's, it, it's recognising that um, you know, people are not looking for facilities management and property management. You know, they're looking for an experience so that they can give their, uh, their teams, their staff, a really good reason to come into work each day. Um, and particularly when, you know, people have just suddenly learned um, that some of their work can be done from home. You know, I, I think um, it was interesting, you know, five weeks ago seeing all of the articles saying that work from home was going to become the norm. You know, there's not as many of those articles around, um, uh, you know, six, five, six weeks on because people have also realised the limitations of working from home and that sometimes you really do need the office. You know, landlords and commercial real estate are going to realise that now that people do have all those technolo all the technology to work um, in a distributed fashion, they're going to get, need to give them a reason to come into that office that is not the desk and is not the technology. And that goes towards, um, you know, the offices are gonna be uh, for uh, collaboration, they're gonna be for meeting with people, they're gonna be for learning, and they're also gonna need to be for social connection. Now, all of those things are not the mainstay of a standard property management or facilities department. So how landlords adapt their um, their offering to to, to cater um, that'll be interesting. In that you know they've got to work out: do we bring this kind of expertise in house, or or, or, or do we outsource it? Um, and you know that's certainly one of the opportunities that Hub is looking at to be a, a you know a manager of flexible workspace on behalf of landlords because you're going to need a, an expertise there, and there's also going to need to be a health and safety aspect there where um, you know to run the office that is going to be productive for the teams, but also considered. Um, healthy and safe by the people that use it. Um, that's going to require a real um, specialisation and 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 uh, commitment in order to deliver that space every day. So just to touch on something that you said there about managing space for landlords, I understand you currently just operate on traditional leasing models with landlords where you lease the space, but you're yeah. thinking about transitioning to something more of a management model. Yeah, we 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 are, um, and you know this is something that has already been done overseas um, quite extensively, um, and you know we're starting to see in our negotiations that uh, more and more, um, you know there'll be uh, I guess let's call it a hybrid lease component or 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 also management discussions, management agreement discussions. I, I think an interesting thing that's come out of this, particularly in Australia, is you know we've just seen a, a huge um, meltdown with COVID and, and, and what's ended up happening, albeit extreme, is you know landlords have been exposed to the risk of their tenants. And I'm not just talking about um, co-working operators here. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about every tenant. And we saw this in the code, which, which uh, the real estate code that got put out um, in, in, in April in Australia, you know, it requires um, landlords and tenants to, to, to come up with a set of um, deferrals and waivers on rent. And, you know, this is doing all manner of different things to the, you know, to landlords' cash flows and, 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 and valuations, um, which is going to take many years to, 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 to figure out how, to, how it'll all play out. But, um, you know, when landlords are exposed in on the risk side of things, 
uh, with a with, with with a tenant, and indeed when they're also seeing that their demand, like you know, their customers who um, are ultimately signing long-term leases uh, with them and have done to now, when they're now coming to them and saying, I will not sign a long-term lease with you, the landlord is going to have to come up with a solution to either retain that tenant or lose them to, to flexible workspace operators. Um, so that's where I, I think you know a management agreement or some kind of... Um, hybrid lease where there's a, rev a base and a turnover component, um, that's going to allow the, um, the landlord to, to keep those customers on short-term agreements, but also to um, participate in the upside of the, um, of the flexible workspace operator. So who drives that change? Is it the tenants who tell the landlords that they want that? Is it the landlords who anticipate it? Or is it the operators like yourselves who convince oh. landlords to provide something before the market Look, needs it? Now, good, good, good one. Look, of course, always with property, things take months and years. But I think what coronavirus has taught it is that things that once seemed impossible or seemed like they'd take a long time can suddenly actually happen in a few weeks and a few days. So what I think is that off the back of this, what we're going to see is that um, all at the same time, um, you know, tenants and landlords and operators are all going to be tackling this um, over the coming 12 months with hopefully a, a much more aligned uh, set of goals because ultimately, you know, we want full workspaces with, uh, with companies um, kicking goals and being profitable, with, with rents being paid and with real estate prices um, going up again. Um, you know, that's going to take a while because we're going to have a, a, a down market for, 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 at least some, for at least some time here. But if landlords don't recognise that seismic shift to, 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 to a distributed mode of working, then um, other, some other landlords will recognise it and they will get in and uh, we will see, um, I, I think, the customer. And ultimately, when I say the customer there, that's the office worker that needs a great place to work each day and a productive place to work each day. They're going to drive a lot of the decision making that ultimately takes place over the coming years. Well, it will be an interesting one to, to watch over the coming weeks, months and years to see how that all evolves. I'd like to move on now to talking about success. And this is CRE Success, the podcast. So one thing I'd like to ask you is, what do you deliberately and consistently do that contributes to your own success? Look, it's constantly, constantly working at making the product better and making the company better like it, it's recognizing that um you know it's a constant effort and it's a marathon and you've got to just keep chipping away at it even when it's you know two steps forward one step back or you know occasionally it's two steps back one step forward um as it feels like over the last couple of months but um you've got to keep you've got to keep plugging away at it um to create a better company and a better product so avoiding complacency and and being committed to that continuous improvement yeah you do in your opinion, what is one or more attributes that makes a great leader? It's the, 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 the taking on board feedback constantly, you know, constantly challenging yourself to 
work, work with others as well. Um, like particularly when you first start out as, as an entrepreneur, a lot of it really is up to you. Um, but then as you go along, the key thing or, that'll make it a success is, is a, your team. So it's, it's learning about how do you switch from being a, a, a one person to being a cog in a team um, is, I think, a big way of how, to, how do you become a, a great leader. All right, my final question for you, and I'm going to ask you, even if you're inclined to say to build a great team, I'll ask you, well, mm. what else is it? What's one piece of advice that you could give to an aspiring founder? Because you've been a founder a few times, I believe. So yep. what's, what's one bit of advice for those people out there who are, who are interested in building their own business or building something on their own? What would, what would you recommend that they, they yeah. need to do? Look, you've you, you, you got to pick the right time. To, to, to strike and then it, it's all about perseverance you'd be amazed how many times you'll come home to 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 to, to you know your 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 husband or your wife or or, or, your, or your partner and you go you know this is we're, we're, we're toast this is never going to work and then somehow a week later you know you are still standing and and three months later three months later you come in with a new crisis but if you keep at things it's amazing how often you will find that the solution does present itself but it does take time so you've always got to um, keep at it Brad, brilliant advice. It's been a really insightful and engaging discussion. I'd like to say a big thank you for being part of it. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Darren. Great to be part of the podcast. For more information about our guest, visit cresuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now a final thought from Darren Krakowiak. Hi again. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you are, then why not recommend us to a colleague, client, peer or partner? One of the great things about recommending content is that when you make a recommendation, you often get credit for the benefit that the person gets from that content. So, for example, if you recommend a book or an article to somebody, that person will associate the benefit of that resource with you because you recommended it to them, even though you didn't even create it. And I guess that's only fair that you deserve that credit because you did think of them. So, if you think others should check out our podcast, please let them know about us and you can enjoy the spoils that come from how they benefit from our content. Speaking of books, when I launched CRE Success, which is my coaching and consulting business that exclusively services the commercial real estate sector, I thought it was important to let people know what I stand for. Therefore, I wrote a short ebook, and I say short because it's only 12 pages, including the front cover and a lot of images, so it's easy to read in, in less than 20 minutes. Anyway, in this ebook, I talk about the attributes that I've noticed as being common in the most successful people I've dealt with in commercial real estate. Those five traits all start with the letter P. Passion, persistence, positive thinking, preparation, and professionalism. That's why the ebook is called The Five P's of Commercial Real Estate Success. If you'd like to read the book, you can download a free copy by visiting our website and filling out the download form. It's at cresuccess.co. That's all we've got time for today. Thank you to Brad for being a great guest and thank you to you for listening. I will speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to CRE Success, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to leave us a five-star review. For more information about the show, just check the show notes on your podcast app or visit us online at cresuccess.co. 
If you're interested in the flexible workplace boom that's happening right now across Australia, Hub Australia is one of the best operators with seven beautiful sites in four capital cities. They offer premium workspaces with desks, offices and suites and partner with landlords and corporate customers to provide and produce high quality workspaces, making sure their members love coming to work. If you have a client or partner looking for their next workspace or business opportunity, contact hello at hubaustralia.com or visit hubaustralia.com.